Good morning, everybody. Um, glad everybody made it to church today. We got some new folks here that hadn't been here before. Welcome, y'all. Um, you know, I've been up here several times, and it's always a challenge. You know, trying to follow guys like John and Kent and Dorman, you know, can do everything. And I say this every single time. I get nervous as all get out standing here. And Marion summed it up a couple weeks ago. Marion says, I want to make sure that I say the right thing at the right time and what God wants me to say. And I sure hope that happens today. And, you know, I, I, I was telling a couple of guys this morning, if this message is half as good as what it was in my truck when I was by myself, you, you guys are going to be blown. I'm telling you, all going to be blown away. We'll have everybody in here going crazy. But uh, anyway, it's, it's, it's so fun doing this. And, you know, and, and, and Eric, you know, I've told you all the story about Eric pacing back and forth. And, you know, and he hit me up a couple weeks ago. And he just, he walks by. And sometimes I duck my head and think, oh, just keep walking, Eric. Keep walking, Eric. And he'll stand there. And I act like I'm on the computer and I'm not doing nothing. And he'll stand there and he'll say, it's time to preach. Okay, Eric. I got a message. And he'll walk away, and it's like, oh, man, Eric, don't do that. You know, the old goat. And, and, I, and, and let me tell you all something. What, let me tell you what old goat means. And I told this to Eric, and I thought he was going to pass out in that chair the other day. Goat is greatest of all time. Y'all have heard that in all of the football? G-O-A-T, greatest of all time. Well, I'll tell you what, we got some men in this church. Okay, I got, I got to tell you all this, too. I cry every time I come up here, Okay. It's just, I'm telling y'all, and, and, and I think what it is, outside of this church building, I'm in a, I'm in a business that's it's not so easy, okay? The construction guys don't walk around praise God all day, okay? I'm telling you right now. So I think what happens in this thing, and this is the way I'm justifying it, is when I come in here and I think God is just kind of pecking away some of the hardness that I have to have in my life. So, and I'm glad Mike Culp's not here because I'm going to tell a story about Mike. He's sitting over here a couple weeks ago, and he comes up here, and I'm sitting back in the sound booth, and Mike comes up, and I'm thinking, go ahead and cry, Mike. Go ahead and cry. Go ahead and cry, Mike. Mike's a big, tough guy. You know, he's a pretty burly boy, and I'm thinking, go ahead and cry, Mike. It's okay. So every time somebody comes up here, I'm kind of hoping they do the same thing so I don't look like an idiot when I'm up here and I start crying. But I tell you all, it's just, I, I think the Holy Spirit just grabs a hold of me, and it just, it, it just makes me like melted butter. So if I cry, y'all, just chill out. It's okay. It's all right. It's not going to hurt anything. So anyway, when I'm working on, I'm working on this message and, and we're up in the mountains talking and I was talking to Dorman about some things and we're going to do some stuff here in a minute. And, but, you know, this, this message that, I, that, I, that I'm bringing today is about deception. And there is absolutely deception everywhere. And it's happening all the time, every day. Probably this morning when I got out of bed, I'm sure I did something stupid. I don't know. But, you know, as, as I've been thinking about this thing for, for several weeks... I, I'm a really very, very, very observant person. When I'm driving, I know what cars are around me. I know what color they are. Oh, did you see that sign? Yeah. I'll ask Angie, did you see that blue car over there? She's like, I don't even see a car. I don't have no clue what you're even talking about. So I am really pay attention to detail. And one of the things that drives me crazy is I'm looking at things, and, I'm, and I'm, I see deceit in it. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're trying to lie, but they're being deceptive in it. And one of the things that, that, that drove me crazy, um, there's a car commercial. We're on the radio. I can't remember what it was, in a Volkswagen or something. And, and, their, and their sales pitch is, this car will go to Dallas on a tank of gas. Sounds like a pretty good car, you know. It's three, 400 miles over to Dallas. 
one tank of gas. That doesn't cost much money. And I think, you know, well, Dorman's got a pickup out here in the back, this big old four-door dually. This thing will go to Dallas and back and Dallas and back and Dallas and back on a tank of gas. Did I lie? No. He's got a 100-gallon tank in this thing. It costs you about $1,000 to fill up to get you there and back these times. But I didn't lie about it. They didn't lie about that car. It'll do it. You know, so that's what I'm saying. So there's, there's, there's a little bit of deception in a lot of things that we see on a daily basis. And so I, I keep thinking about that, and I'm paying attention. And, and hey, everybody tell Bo. Bo did a great job this morning. He did the sound. He did the music. Bo did it all by himself. So he's stepping up. He's kind of helping out. Good job, Bo. He did good. <laughs> Along with that, let me explain something to y'all, if y'all, if y'all have noticed sometimes. You know, we got the, we got the colors on the, you know, the, the music anyway. Sometimes if we go solid blue on the color, in case y'all wondering, like, what in the world are I doing back there? That means that the Holy Spirit has taken over this service. We don't take notes. We kind of go with the flow, and Michael pull a song out of midair, and they start playing it. Well, immediately I got to pull that song up, and I don't have time to do the backgrounds and all that, so it just pops up, and it's a blue song. There you go, no charge. So that just means, that just tells you, we don't follow a script at this church. It ain't happening. And when, that, when, the, when, they, when they do the layout of the songs, it ain't never right. It's always it's go by the flow. There you go. So that's for no charge. All right, both start us off. So here we go. Here we go, Bo. <laughs> I bragged on him. Come on, Bo, you got this. <laughs> go live. Atta boy, right there. All right, so here's, here's the number one deception we see out there every day. Go to the next slide, Bo. All right, we're talking about advertising. Oh, check this Wendy's Baconator out. Holy cow. Does that not look perfect? I get kind of hungry. What's the next slide, Bo? That's what you get in the box. Okay? Was the first one real? Yeah. But it took 25 people in about four hours to make that hamburger just right. And it is a Wendy's Baconator. This is a Wendy's Baconator also. That's kind of what mine looked like the other day. All right, Bo, go to the next one. Here's McDonald's. Look at that Egg McMuffin. This is what it looks like in the box. Are they being deceitful? Well, they really are. But, I mean, you know, that's an Egg McMuffin kind of looking like. All right, Bo, hit me again. Check this out. Picks up five times more women than a Lamborghini. Are they telling the truth? Absolutely. They are telling 100% of the truth. Lamborghini holds two people. That van, you can pack them in there. So they're not lying, but there's some deception in that. So I'm telling you, it's everywhere, and we're just, we, don't, we don't pay attention to it. All right, Bo, hit me again. I was at the store the other day. It's driving Angie crazy now because I'm all in this deception thing, and I'm walking around looking. And I walked by this. We were shopping. So the box on the right... It looks like it's got a lot more soap in it, doesn't it? It looks like a better deal. Well, the box on the left actually has more soap in it. It costs more money. It's a shorter, fatter box. But the one on the right is taller and skinnier. So when you walk in there, you see that one on the right. Oh, that's a whole lot, 50% more. More than what? I don't know. It doesn't tell you all that stuff. But, you know, the first thing you're going to do, you're going to grab the taller box because it looks like a better value. Were they lying? Nope. They're telling you the truth. That's what it is. Anyway, so it, it's, it's everywhere. So when you're walking around, the whole purpose of this message is for us to pay attention. And if we're paying attention and we're on our guard, 
we're going to have a better chance of stopping this deal. Okay, Bo. This ketchup packet, if you read the fine print, it's hard to see, I'm sorry. You, one, one tablespoon of that ketchup packet, you're getting 15 calories, 190 milligrams of sodium, 4 grams of sugar. But what they don't really tell you, but they do, there's actually three servings in that little thing. So you're actually getting 45 calories, 570 milligrams of sodium, 12 grams of sugar. You can't read that fine print with a magnifying glass. But it's on there. Are they telling the truth? Sure they are. But you think you're only getting 15 calories out of that ketchup packet, so you squirt five or six of them on and, you know, go and do your deal. Well, next thing you know, you're three times that amount. They're telling the truth. You see the TV ad, all the medicine? You see that fine print on the bottom? No way in the world you're going to read that fine print on the bottom. Even if you pause the deal, I tried it the other day. I tried to pause. There was some stupid, you know, miracle medicine that you got more stuff, problems with the medicine than you do the original problem you have to begin with. But there's always the fine, always the fine print. So, all right, Bo, here's what we're going to do. We're going to play a game. We're going to play a game in church. If y'all don't think that's cool, I ran it through the pastor and he said it's all right. So, you know, it's okay to have fun. So if you want to play, in just a second, I'll ask you to stand up. If you don't, you don't have to. It's not that big a deal, okay? You just, you're going to lose anyway. So it doesn't really matter. So, um, and, and, and the reason I want to do this is because it's the ultimate deception, okay? So has anybody ever played tic-tac-toe when they were kids? Everybody? Okay, we're, we're not going to play that one. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Everybody wants to play the game. Everybody needs everybody to stand up. If you want to play, if you don't, then my sermon's going to get really short really quick. Okay? So some of y'all need to stand up and do something. Hey, Bo, come up here. I need some help from Bo. You got to be my spotter, Bo. Unless you want to play. If you want to play, you can play, but I need some help. One way or other. You want to play? Why do you think I was standing up? Okay, well, then I need somebody to help me. I need some help. Yeah, come here. Somebody, come here. It don't matter. I just need to go play, Bo. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to play Simon Says. But I really want to call it Satan Says, but I really don't want to give Satan any credit because he really, I don't like the guy. But I ran through Dorman. Dorman says, you know what? He's really deceptive, and that's really what it is. So I'm going to try my hardest to say Satan Says, but it's going to be really tough to do because I practiced it didn't work. So here's a, can you just help me watch and see who screws up because I know it's going to happen. Okay, because I can't, I can't watch them all. So here's the rules of the game. Okay, the game will start when I say Simon says do your thing. Okay, and the game will end when I say Simon says we're done. Anything in the middle. Okay, if you, if you guys don't understand how to play, I'll say Simon says raise your right hand and you raise your right hand. Simon says lower your right hand and you lower your right hand. Okay, if I don't say Simon says and you do it, if you get one of them, you're done. Okay, so if I say raise your right hand and you kind of go like that, you're out, okay? So you got to be honest with yourself. Destiny here, she's, she's going she's gonna to nail y'all. So, but this game is the ultimate game of deception, is it not? I'm trying to trick you into doing something you really don't want to do or do, and you don't know what you're doing, and oh, wh which way we're going to go. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start the game right now. Okay, Simon says we're starting the game. So anything after this, it's fair game, okay? All right. So, Simon says, raise your right hand. Simon says, put your right hand down. Raise your left hand. Oh, there's one, two, three, four, five of y'all already sitting, sitting down. Well, this is going this, this to this, this go pretty quick. This is going to be a lot easier. Simon says, raise your hands. Praise the Lord. Oh, Alan, I got, I got a couple of y'all. 
Okay, put your hands down. We'll go. Oh, I didn't say Simon Says. So this is going to go quick. Okay, Simon Says, put your hands down. This ain't going to take very long at all. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's going to be a little bit harder than I thought. I need to stretch my message a little bit. All right, Simon Says, touch your nose. Touch your shoulder. Simon Says, touch your shoulder with your nose. I don't even know what you're supposed to do there. You know. <laughs> I got messed up. Simon Says, snap your fingers. Okay, y'all stop. That's annoying. Oh, <laughs> Simon says stop. Okay, we're down to just a few. How, you were out a while ago, Troy. Okay, well, you will be in just a minute. All right, bye, Troy. No, Simon says wait, bye, Troy, because he's fixing to be out. Okay, that's good. All right, Simon says touch your shoulder. Okay, huh? do what? I know, no, but everybody's good. All right, take your hand out. We'll start do something different. <clears throat> Let's see. This is going to get very interesting here pretty quick. Okay, Simon says put your hand down. Okay, Simon says, raise your hands. Praise the Lord again. Oh, bo. Oh, bo. Praise the Lord, parts. That's, that's fun, everybody. Simon says, put your hands down. Okay, we're getting pretty good here. All right. Touch your elbow. Simon says, touch your elbow. Simon says, touch your nose. Simon says, touch your shoulder. Simon says, touch your nose. Simon says, touch your shoulder. Touch your nose. <laughs> Is this not the ultimate game of deception or not? Okay, see, I can't even say Satan says it's so hard to do. We're down to, we're down to three folks. Three folks. All right, Simon says put your hands down. Do what you want. All right. Hmm. This is going to get good here in just a second. Huh? Yeah, maybe. Because Troy's going to be out here in just a second. All right, thumbs up. Simon says thumbs up. Simon says thumbs down. Simon says thumbs up. Simon says thumbs up. Simon says thumbs down. Thumbs up. Ooh, that was close, Troy. Ooh, that was close. Ooh, that was awful close. Simon says thumbs up. <laughs> put your hands down. All right. <clears throat> okay, y'all are getting good. All right. Simon says put your hands down. All right, we'll just stop right there. We'll keep going. We'll just make all three of y'all winners. I never said Simon says the game is over. Y'all are all out. Thank you very much. There you go. Boom. Problem solved. Nobody. That's the, nobody wins in deception, Mike. That's the whole deal. Look at there. That just served up. My sermon is done. Mike, thank you very much. Let me read y'all a story. Jim Jones was the founder of the People's Temple. More than 900 Jim Jones followers died in a cult murder suicide in 1978 in Jonestown, Guyana. Over 300 children were murdered. It was the greatest loss of American civil life in the deliberate act of the 9-11 attacks. FBI recovered a 45-minute audio recording of the suicide in progress. It's, a, it's, uh, it's very disturbing, demonic. I don't recommend it. On the tape, Jim Jones calmly urges his followers to drink cyanide-flavored Kool-Aid. Jim Jones is one of the most extreme... Let me try that again. Jim Jones is one of the most extreme examples of spiritual deception, but he's certainly not alone. So when you think about guys like that, and we've had some other people that are trying to get everybody up on a spaceship and... You can actually have people in churches, you can have churches, if that's what you want to call them, deceiving people into following something that's not the Word of God. Now, if there's one thing I've learned in this church, and there's been many, and Dorman's told us this over and over, it's either God or it's Satan. There ain't no middle. It's either right or wrong, God or Satan, period. 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 Okay? So... A couple things with, with deception. Uh, you know, part of the reason we did that little game, and wh- wh- here's, here's the thought process behind that whole deal. Everybody that started this game out, 
Y'all were very, very, very focused on what's going on. Okay? When you lose your focus, that's when you do something wrong, right? Okay. So what we need to do collectively as Christians is stay very, very focused on looking out for deception. Looking for the cheeseburger. Good way to think about it. Okay? When you lose your focus, Satan comes in. Boom. Just like that. That's his number one job. Since he fell from heaven, Satan's number one job is to deceive you. He's the deceiver. Don't want to give him credit. That's what he is. He's very, very good at it. So the word deception, basically in the Bible, it's, you can find it about a hundred different times in the Bible. So, you know, that kind of makes you think, well, hey, maybe God's kind of serious about this deception deal. So there's a story about a man standing on a street corner, got dark glasses on, shabby clothes, holding a tin cup, kind of a beggar, run down his luck, and this gentleman walks by and he throws a coin in his cup. You know, he hears the tink and the gentleman keeps on walking and as he turns the corner, he turns around and looks at the guy and the guy raises his sunglasses up and looks at his cup. And he turns around and he says, wait a minute, you're not blind? He goes, no, I'm not blind. You know, was the guy being deceitful? Yeah, because he looked like he was dressed up wrong and looked like he was blind. So something as simple as that is what we deal with on a daily basis. Genesis 3.13, okay, Bo, get back, let's go back with our slides here. Genesis 3.13 this is where it all started, okay? Satan fell. He starts from the get-go. He goes to the front of the Bible, but, and he starts off, okay? Lord God said to the woman, what have you done? The woman says, well, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. There he is. He's already started his game. He didn't waste any time going after God's creation, okay? Satan wanted to be bigger, better, faster than God, and he couldn't do it. So his first in the game that he came out is, okay, I tell you what, I'll start deceiving people to making them think that God doesn't want them to be like God because God wants to be better than them always. Does that make sense? I don't sound good up here. I don't know if it came out, <laughs> if it came out right. But so as soon as Eve fell, Adam was right there with her. Right in the very beginning of time when all this stuff started. So Satan's been doing this for several thousand years. He's got this thing figured out. Okay, Bo, go to the next church church. Holy cow. I just read church on the paper and I said, okay, Bo, go to the next church. That's awesome. Okay? So what Paul's talking about, 2 Corinthians eleven three. This is what Paul's telling the Corinthians church. He says, hey, I fear for you guys. Okay? I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that's in Christ. Going back to what Dorman said, it's either God or it's Satan. Period. That's pretty simple, Right? Okay? Us as Christians, we've oversimplified this thing and we've complicated it and we've gotten mad and I want blue carpet. Well, I don't want blue carpet, I want green carpet, so I'm going to go across the street and I'm going to build my own church with green carpet. And I don't really believe in what that scripture says because I don't, it, it really speaks to me and it really tells me I'm doing something wrong, so I'm going to twist that scripture a little bit, but I'm going to go over here and start my own church and I'm going to make that scripture say just a little bit different. It's either right or it's wrong. It's either God or Satan. Period. There you go. Okay, huh? That's it. That's all you get. Okay? So, next slide, Bo. Okay, Matthew 4, 5, and 7. This is when Satan takes Jesus up to the high spot, which I, don't, I guess he's kind of an idiot, but he is. So, and then he's trying to teach, and he's trying to taunt Jesus into saying, well, man, if you're who you think you say you are, we'll just bail out of here and your angels will come get you. 
You know, and the, and the thing about Satan, this is one thing that people need to understand. Satan knows his scriptures. Okay, he he knows the scriptures better than we do. Okay, but what he doesn't know is he he messes those scriptures up. He doesn't get the context of the scripture. I think that's where he messes everything up because if he really understood scripture, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing. So he says, if you're the son of God, he said, throw yourself down. He will command his angels concerning you, and they will lift up your hands, uh, lift up their hands, so that you not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it's also written, don't put the Lord God to your test. Okay? Satan was quoting Psalms 91, but he didn't understand Psalm 91 because if he understood Psalm 91, he wouldn't be standing up there doing what he's trying to do. So even Satan is trying to tempt Jesus. So if he's trying to tempt Jesus, how much more do you think he's trying to mess us up? Okay? Every single time I get ready to preach, I'm, I'm, you know, I try to get prepared and all this stuff. This morning I went to print my notes, no printer. Get on another deal, print my notes, no printer. I'm thinking, here we go. You know, I was like, Satan, we ain't doing this today. I'm telling you right now, I'm preaching a message. I don't need my notes. I got it on an iPad and I got it on a computer. I'll keep going all day long. Oh, airplane. Hey, there's my printer right there. Print on my paper out. Check it out. Right there. So it's just it's one of those things. I was paying attention. I was mad. Because I thought every time I come up here, you either put Angie and I in a fight or try to or make us argue about something to get me off my game or you mess my iPad up or something goes dead or something. Every single time I do this. And I was like, you know, there's kind of a, it's, there's, anyway, we follow a bunch of gun guys. And this one guy, he's got a big old long beard. He's the greatest guy in the world, man spot. Anyway, so he does these little videos and he'll go, he'll show you all his guns and he'll pick one up in the morning. Not today, Satan. He'll put his gun on his hip. Not today. That's all you got to do. Not today, Satan. We ain't having it. Okay? All right, Bo. So, when we turn over to James, don't be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good gift, every perfect gift is from above. Okay, stop right there. Okay, read that again. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Comes down to Father Lights, who's there, no variation, shadow turning. Okay, if you keep going with this, if you think the gift might not be from God, then you're being deceived. Okay, if you think it's from something else. Now, here's, here's something that I learned, and i tell you what. I, I kind of get nervous about preaching these messages because I always learn something stupid that I'm doing, and I did on this one too. And you know, I think it's just God finally teaching me, hey, by you studying, you're learning things that you shouldn't be doing, which is pretty awesome, actually. So <clears throat> one of the things I think Christians do, myself included, okay, you have God, and God has all these blessings and healings and and all the good stuff that, ever, you know, I want heaven, I, want, I can't wait till I get my mansion and all that. And here's what we do. We focus on all the healing. We focus on all the money, all the jobs, all the good stuff. And we forget about God. We're deceiving ourselves into thinking we want all this stuff and we forget about where all the stuff comes from. So if you change your focus and start focusing on God, all the stuff's going to come along with it. Okay, another thing I learned from Dorman. What's the goal? Heaven? Oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. Woo, I can't wait to get to heaven. Heaven's not the goal. Jesus says, no man comes to the Father except through me. So what's the goal? The Father. God's the goal, not heaven. You get God, you get heaven, you get it all. If you try to focus on all the other stuff, the blessings and healings and I want this, I want that, and all this other stuff, you lose track of God, Satan's got you right there. He's deceived you into thinking all that stuff is worth more than your relationship with God. I learned that in the mountains the other day, driving down the road by myself. Pretty cool. Got to go up there sometime. 
So anyway, we lose track of who God is in all this stuff. Satan knows exactly when to come in and start deceiving you. I mean, he's watching you every single second of the day. It's just like music, and you stop and think about all the TV shows that's happened all these years. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. You know, we did, a, we did a deal several years ago in youth group about the kids and their music, and we started listening to the music. Wow, this song's okay. Well, this, it only cusses once. It's all right, Dad. You know, what everybody's doing, everybody's listening to the song. It's the greatest song in the world. And the next thing you know, it's another song and another song, and then you get some of this mess now that I'm kind of scared to listen to it. I listen to it, some of it, you know, kind of stupid. But it's, that's Satan's way. He'll just chip at it. He's not going to come in and just wipe you out. That would be no fun. Because you'd know, it, you'd know it exactly what he did. Okay? If he does it a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. It's just like me gaining weight. I used to be like Chandler. I used to be skinny and thin and out of shape. Not, not, yeah, it's kind of scary. It's hard to believe. You know? Okay, I was six, but no. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know where that came from. <laughs> but, but I used to be built just like Chandler growing up. Well, then I dropped the tool belt and I got in a different position and, you know, a couple more pounds and a couple more pounds and a couple more pounds is just slowly creeping up on it. That's exactly the way Satan takes care of you. He knows that game. Okay? All right, Bo. Be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Can you deceive yourself? Absolutely. I deceive myself a lot. Okay? I like stuff. Shame on me for liking stuff. And sometimes I convince my wife, bless her heart, she thinks that maybe I shouldn't, but I find a way to manipulate her in it. I bought a toy the other day that I just, I, you know, hey, honey, I, you know what I could do with this? You know how many cool things I could do? She's going, you don't need that. Oh, but just think of what I could do with it. Oh, you know, hey, you know what I could do for Papa in the church? You know, I could use that thing. And she's like, no. What, well, you know, well, Chandler and right, well, you know, and I'll sit there and I'll sit there and deceive myself till I'm blue in the face. And she finally says, shut up and go get it and leave me alone. We can deceive ourselves. I mean, it's easy. I'm, I'm pretty good at it, actually. And, and so it's just it's things like that on a daily basis that we deal with. Okay? If anyone's a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who observes himself in the uh, natural face in the mirror. When he walks away, he forgets what he looks like. That's me, folks. Done it a million times. And if y'all hadn't done it, y'all are lying, lying, lying. <laughs> y'all have been deceived. Everybody does it. That's what I'm telling you. Satan, Satan. I don't give him credit. He got planned out pretty well, okay? But we know how to solve this problem, okay? We know how to fix this problem. If we pay attention, just like Simon says, in that game, if we're focused, we got laser focused on that stuff, we're going to squash this thing real quick. Okay, so in Genesis 27, okay, Esau and Jacob, Esau sold his birthright to Jacob, and then what happened? Jacob gets dressed up, goes and tells his dad, which his dad can't see. He's pretty much blind and doesn't really understand the thing. I got kind of an old dog like that. She doesn't know who he's talking to you or not. But it's the same kind of thing. So Jacob comes up and convinces his dad to put the blessings on him. And Esau finds out. He gets dressed up. He tries to go get blessings for dad, and it's already done deal. So Jacob knew when all this stuff was going on. I mean, he sold his birthright for a bowl of stew. That's either really, really good stew, or the boy must have really been hungry, one of the two. Okay, so there's deception all throughout the Bible in stories like that. When you go, you know, you, you, you tend to distort what God says. I mean, you know, there's scriptures in the Bible that, you know, there's, there's a lot of jokes about it. People uh, saying, I won't get on an airplane because the Bible says, lo, I'm, I'm flying with you. You know, what is it doing? 
<laughs> so, so, you know, and, and you talk about all the people, I got to drive a Honda because the Bible says we're all in one accord. So Honda makes an accord. So you, you can twist them things around, make them. I've actually tried to make scriptures twist them around to make something for Angela. Well, honey, the Bible says this right here. You know, and then, and then the men take the Bible about the women. Women, you should be, you know, servant to the man and blah, 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 all that stuff. And so we try to twist that stuff around. So that's the same thing. We're trying to distort what God really, really says and take what he really, really wants for us for what we really, really want, which is really not what God wants. Okay? So sometimes we bring in the question of God's motives like that. Um, you know, once you've done this enough and deceived yourself and deceived other people, you get kind of good at it. Okay? Um, we, we, we had some few problems with Jacob a couple years ago, and the boy was pretty good at deceiving old dad, you know. And because the, the father loved the son, I let him get away with a lot of stuff just thinking, well, maybe he's telling the truth. When he wasn't telling the truth for nothing, okay? Jacob's healed. He's a new man now. It's a whole different ball game. But that's, that's what happens. We start doing all that. So, you know, back in, the, back in the early days, Satan made God look like a taker instead of a giver. And so when, when Satan was telling, telling Eve, you know, Eve, he just doesn't want you to eat that apple because he didn't want you like him. Well, what we've learned is, is, is this church, I know Dormer's talked about it, but we are him. We are with him. John talked about three chairs sitting over here, okay? Chairs out on the outside. That's what the world teaches you. We're going to sit outside this ring over here. Where we go, John? Right in the middle of them chairs. Right in the middle of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We're right in the middle of it. The world teaches us, hey, y'all sit out here on the back. You're going to be blessed a little bit, but you, 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 you can't go in the middle. Oh, that's so messed up. I like fell out of my chair back there when John talked about that. You know, I really did. Thank you, John, for bring that to light. So I'm, I'm a visual guy. I mean, y'all have seen me stack boxes up here, and I wore my waders up here. I'll never do that again. Holy cow, that was hot. I was sweating like a, ugh. yeah, that was a bad move. Yeah, I won't do that again. So, you know, sometimes props, props help me out. So when John sets these three chairs, I'm like, what in the world? I'm back there going, John, what are you doing, man? Where are you going? And I'm looking at his scriptures. John, thank God. John types his scriptures out for me, which is kind of cool. Norman doesn't do that, but let me tell you why. He don't ever know where he's going to go. When God tells him, hey, we're going to do something different, we're going to do something different. So we don't, I'm telling y'all, that's the coolest thing about this church. We don't do menus. We don't, not menus. What, what, <laughs> what do you mean? Program. That's the word I'm looking for, program. We don't do menus either. We just might eat. You never know. We need to eat again pretty soon, by the way, y'all. So huh? the bulletin. We don't, we don't do all that. You know why? Because we let God run this church. Okay? We let the Holy Spirit drive this boat. I'm telling you right now. I've seen Dorman more than one time. If y'all never been in here and seen this, I've seen his notes, and Dorman does some crazy notes. I don't know how he follows it, but he, he, oh, he's got a lot. But I've seen him walk up here and go, hmm, not today. We're going to do something different. And he turns around and goes the other way. That's awesome. I'm telling you, that, that's cool. So sometimes when we get behind on the slides and things like that, y'all just be forgiven because it's hard to keep up with some of this stuff. But I'm reading through John's notes. Sorry, get back on my sermon. I'm reading through John's notes, and I'm going, where in the world is he going? Ooh, I know where he's going with that. And I found his scripture, and about two scriptures later it hit. And he throws that chair in the middle, and oh, my gosh, here we go. This is where we're supposed to be, right here in the middle. 
Satan's got us out here on the outside. We're supposed to be in the middle. We've been deceived all this time to thinking we're not worthy to be sitting in the middle of them three chairs. I mean, and it's been good because they none of us thought we were supposed to sit in the middle of them three chairs. I mean, I'll never forget that, John. I really, I mean, that's, that's pretty awesome. So, man, I have a hard time thinking about that. I'm going to stop. All right, Bo, next slide. Oh, I'm sorry. I messed up. I forgot that one. Well, that's okay. Here we go. So when you look at all this, you talk about verse 24, go back, but the perfect law of liberty continues in it, and it's not a forget for here and endure the work. This, will, this one will be blessed in what he does. Okay? Not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Okay? Everybody talks about works in church all the time, and Dormans preached about that a hundred times. It's not about the works. We're not ever going to fit. We're not going to forget these three chairs ever. It's not going to happen. I'm not. I mean, I can't speak for y'all. I'm telling you, that, that's stuck in my brain forever because I know where I'm supposed to be now. I'm not supposed to be over here sitting on the back row where I thought I was. Hey, you just sit back there, boy. You'll be all right. That's, that's not where I'm supposed to be. <clears throat> so, here's what I want to do. This, this message can go for hours and hours and hours. Um, but the, the primary point, and I'm going to have the praise team come up here in just a second, and I'm, I want them to sing a song that just, this song just blows me away. But if you get nothing out of this sermon, okay, remember I had a really, really bright orange shirt, green shirt on. Okay, y'all never forget that. I'm pretty loud. I wear shorts in church, which is okay sometimes. Some people might get mad. You sit behind that sound booth over there, it is hot underneath them. Computers are screaming out heat. That's why I wear shorts, okay? So, not, no disrespect. Alan's got shorts on. Did you see? Man of God right there. Still got, yeah. Huh? He's free. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all religion stuff. I went to a church 30 years ago, way before Angie and I ever met, and I had a sick cow and went took care of my cow, and I went to church, and I wasn't dressed quite right. They actually told me to leave church. You need to go home and change your clothes, boy. I was like, I'm done. I'm out. I'll never come back here again. Never did. You can come in here with whatever you want to wear, however you want to look. Okay, we're going to love on you. Okay, we're going to take you in, because that's the way God does things. So, if you get nothing out of this sermon, just think about when we played that Simon Says and how he's trying to deceive you on a daily basis. Pay attention to the cheeseburger. Okay, and I'm telling you, when y'all go home, y'all are, oh my gosh, look at this. It's going to be a train, it's going to be a train wreck. But if you pay attention, like we were paying attention to Simon Says, you're going to start picking up on a whole lot more deception in your life. There's things, Gail's not here. She told me a little story yesterday. She, I was talking to Gail last night and, and she said, uh, what's your sermon about? I said, deception. She said, oh, my God. She said, I was dealing with something for four days. And then she finally realized, she said, I'm being deceived. And it took, so it took her four days to figure it out. I'm not beating Gail up. But she finally, it finally came to her what was going on. So if we go back and have that laser focus, you know, Chandler's come out of the military. He's, pretty, he's on point. He was standing there. He was doing everything just like he's supposed to, not because he's my son, but, you know, he, that's, Chandler, was, I could tell, man, he was locked on to old dad. He, he, he ain't messing this thing up. If we do that, that's going to help us with this deception thing, okay? Now you're going to be walking around the grocery store taking pictures of stuff. I know you will because I did it. It drives Angie crazy. But just pay attention to that, okay? Who we are in Christ. We're going to sing this song. Y'all want to go, come on up, please? I asked Justin and them if I had time, we'd sing a song. And, and uh, this song just really 
speaks to me big time because of, of what the words say. And I actually did a message on this song one time. It's this journey, and this is my destiny, of who God says we are. Okay? Satan says we're nobody. We're nobody. We're nobody. You, you're trying to be like God. You're playing mind games with yourself. Okay? God says a whole lot of different stuff and a whole lot of good stuff. And I like the good stuff better. I like, well, I don't like that burger, but that first burger sure looks awful good. It looked good. I just, uh, you got me on? Hello out there. Oh. I want you to, this message is really, everybody needs to really understand this. I just want to say one thing. The book of Revelations, it says that God bound Satan and put him in the pit for a thousand years. And then he released him, and Satan went out to deceive the nations. What did he do? That's his number one thing, to deceive you. But we know what the end of the book says, too. Oh, yeah. I read the last chapter. I read the last chapter. Yep, we read. So thank you for listening and playing the game. I hope uh, y'all got a little bit out of it. Like I said, if nothing else, I got a cool shirt on. Look good in this bright green shirt. My dad likes it. Okay. Thank you.